This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. He's going Texas football here alongside Carter Yates. How you doing, buddy? I'm actually doing really good because I didn't know till 10 minutes ago that we were podcasting today because I thought it was Tuesday. Came I got in, caught up by the like Monday off. Five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. Fine. yeah, I'm ready to go though. I'm ready to I'm ready to rock. And the reason why you can hear us and see us uh, on Twitter or YouTube is Mallory Hartley, everyone's favorite Mal pal. Hi, Mallory. Hi, happy New Year. Happy New Year. New and Year. Happy late belated birthday. For you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am. A quarter of a century years old, and that doesn't feel great. You know, it's really funny uh, how many people reminded me of that on my actual birthday. They were like, hey, did you know that you're like a quarter of the way to 100? I'm like, really? (laughs) No idea. Um, Anyways, Happy New Year. Um, Did you rent a car to celebrate? No. Oh, you should rent. You should just rent a car. I can rent a car. You can rent a car at like twenty. But you got to pay the fee though. There's like a there's like an under twenty five fee. Oh, because I'm like young and they're more risky. Right. Oh. So there's so you can go no, rent I like a, just go rent like a U-Haul. <laughs> just no. for a day. No. <laughs> and you, don't, you don't have to pay like forty bucks or whatever the, t- the fee. I know. Is. Seriously. <laughs> this is um, so sick. Yeah. <laughs> just driving around. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. New Year. Still dealing with y'all. Don't know how that happens. <laughs> uh, so New but, uh, Year. Same situation. <laughs> same situation. Don't like it. But it's my favorite. Glad to be back. The sting mask. Sting wearing the mask and just taking it off and sting <laughs> still underneath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's what I do every year. Um, and that's Mallory dealing with us every year. Yes, it is. <laughs> so on today's show, uh, of course, we got some Sugar Bowl, uh, a little bit, a, a little bit more removed takes from the Sugar Bowl. Uh, of course, we're about two days removed now from Texas losing to Washington in the College Football Playoff. Uh, we will get into that off the top. We'll talk. Th- we'll talk about uh, Xavier Worthy declared for the draft. Um, that's kind of it, really. And then we go into the rest of bowl season uh, and just kind of recap all of bowl season in the back half. And uh, we'll kind of go into kind of our picks afterward, too. Just yeah, so at the very end, we're going to uh, reveal who did the best because we all picked. Well, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not going to yeah, say that, but we, I'm we, just going to say we all picked all the. Started, yeah. And uh, we're going to we'll reveal who won. That. Yes. So uh, but of course, we'll start off with the. Oh, let's start off with the bad, uh, the bittersweet, I guess. Uh, Washington 37, Texas 31 in the Sugar Bowl. Everybody saw it on Monday. Um, I, honestly, back-to-back years, I would say, were both playoff games. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my pretty gosh, good. Yeah. College football um, playoff stock, well, now we're going to 12 teams, so it doesn't matter. But the 14 sure. playoff stock up. Yes, yes. And hopefully, you know, I'm – as you know, obviously we saw the final ended last year. I have higher hopes for this year being a more competitive final, mm-hmm. and that probably will be the first time that we've had three competitive games. I think yeah, because last year the Ohio State Alabama no the Ohio State who they play Ohio State um, who Georgia 
Ohio no, State Georgia yeah, game yeah, 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 yeah. was the national championship last right, year. It felt like, yes, yes, it felt like that was this big. year. I cannot wait to see Michigan's defensive line go up against Washington's Joe Morton winning offensive line. Yes, hundred percent. It's gonna be a Herculean I'm matchup. Very good game. I was talking to you about this ish, but I'm really excited just to see like the two completely different clashes of style of offenses yes. because obviously Washington loves to throw and Michigan loves to run, so mm-hmm. it's just gonna be super different. And yeah. I'm excited. The quarterback, the quarterback, everyone tells me is a first round pick versus the quarterback that actually should be a first round <laughs> pick. Correct. I so, stand on that. <laughs> so along those lines, though, Mallory. So you, men- you mentioned uh, the clash styles, and I think when we previewed the Sugar Bowl, I mentioned that Washington was the one team that I did not want Texas to face. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm looking at like literally the 15 teams in contention for the playoff theoretically. Right, I'm going. I was looking back at the college football rankings, and I was like, Washington's the one team, because I think I'm not saying Texas beats every team, every other team, but outside of Washington, like maybe Missouri. Missouri's another one that would have been a weird matchup for them, I think, mm-hmm. with their wide receiving talent. But more so because of Washington had the better quarterback in Missouri. Obviously, we have we know Texas's defense had issues with the back end of the secondary and a pass rush, specifically on the outsides. And that's exactly where Washington was able to feast basically the entire day. Um, Michael Penix had one of the best games I think I've seen from a quarterback. And it doesn't help that Michael Penix was great. But it does not help that his wide receivers caught everything. <laughs> he mm. could just He's put it in NFL the vicinity of them. All yeah. over him. Roma Dunze and Jalen Polk, shout out Lufkin, Texas. Uh, Jalen yeah. Polk were just phenomenal. And it did not matter where – like. He, again, he was diming. Michael Penix was diming. But even if he was, like, a fraction off, it didn't matter. If r- There were so many passes where Ryan Watts was right there, and the placement was perfect, and the catch and security was perfect, and you were just wa- you realized you were watching, like, a team that was just in, in its perfect form at that moment. It's pretty much the only qualifier I have for the argument before the game was Texas secondary is going to get exposed mm-hmm. in this game by Michael Penix and the receivers. And on paper they did, but when you watch the game like you say ish, Terrence Brooks had a few tough coverage busts in the beginning say, of the, the game. The first the first big pass Jalen Polk was probably a coverage bust where like he he just gets away from Terrence Brooks, but that was kind of it. And after that Ryan Watts is literally in the hip pocket, has his hand on the ball. Malik Muhammad makes a great diving play and just tips the ball up mm-hmm. and Jalen Polk still catches it. And it's like Insane. I don't like, what do you, you want to do with that point? Yeah. <laughs> it's great offense beats good defense every time. Every mm-hmm. single time. And that's what happened. Now the pass rush. Yeah. That's what we need to talk about because if you give Michael Penix time to smoke a cigarette and bake a cake in the pocket, yeah. he's going to call you He's going to cook. He, man, what he, was that stat you had with the PFF like, win percentage grade? It was Baron oh, yeah. Sorrell and Ethan Burke. Let's pull this up because yeah. I've seen some discourse online about how Texas actually got a lot of pressure but didn't get home. Right. The one play I saw that Texas got pressure was when Byron Murphy came up the middle and Penix sidestepped him. Oh yeah, and he threw put, it across he, the middle. He that's put him the, on, that's the, the only road. play I remember of there being distinct pressure. Yeah. So this is from uh, PFF. Baron Sorrell had a three point six percent win percentage on twenty nine pass rush attempts. Ethan Burke had zero win percentage yeah. on nineteen pass rush snaps. So again, and and granted, I think we've seen Texas know that that was their weakness, right? They went and got Trey Moore, <laughs> right from mm-hmm. from from the transfer portal. They went and uh, they got they won a huge recruiting battle with Colin Simmons, right? So like they're bringing in reinforcements. But this year, yeah, on the outside, there's a reason why we've kind of only talked about Byron Murphy and t- 
T Sweat is because one, they've been excellent and they've been awesome. They've been the best interior defensive lineman in the country. But also it's because it's kind of I don't want to say it's a two man show, but it's like those two, and then you can kind of put whoever around them, mm-hmm. and then they can kind of they've been just kind of it's kind of been a work by committee. The 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 middle of Texas's defense has been the strength, right? It's been those linebackers, it's been the emergence of Anthony Hill, Jalen Ford, and it's been those two in the f- in, in in the defensive line. Malik Murphy's or Malik Muhammad, I should say, uh, has been a good development on the, uh, late in the season. He's really talented, but he's still a freshman, and again, he just, I think he played great. Right. That, again, I mentioned that one pat, that one touchdown to Jalen Polk. He makes a phenomenal play, and mm-hmm. it just tips up, and it just happens to fall to Jalen Polk. Uh, Ryan Watts, I thought, like you mentioned, he was in the pocket of Roma Dunze a lot of times, and it doesn't matter. It's it's. I think we just watched a quarterback who was playing his best game of his career, and wide receivers who I think something that we don't, and we can kind of get to this in a little bit. I think we can get to the offensive end uh, was what for Texas is what I was going at. We saw wide receivers who are not only great at creating a little bit of separation, but they're also attacking the ball, mm-hmm. right? Like the when they get their hands on the ball, you're not getting it away from them. And there is something to be said about wide receivers who are that aggressive, and that's an NFL talent, right? That's something that's going to translate for Roma Dunze, for Jalen Polk, is like the ability to – there's somebody on you, the you catch the ball, and you're there, it's glue. Mm-hmm. And you can just like so many. T- go watch every single pass that Ryan Watts covered Roma Dunze. He's right there. The the some people said, sure, you got to turn your head. Sure, yeah, maybe there was a couple moments where he probably it's a little nitpicky. Yeah, it is. It's nitpicky because Roma Dunze makes the catch and Ryan Watts swipes at the ball and his hands right there and it doesn't matter. It, the ball's not moving because mm-hmm. that's again he's a Roma Dunze. There's a reason why he's the best wide receiver probably in the country this year, aside from Marvin Harrison Jr. But um, stats wise and production wise, I think he was. So yeah. It, if we go to the Texas side of the ball, yeah, it's so cool that Sark scripts the first forty plays of the game. Yeah, but <laughs> that doesn't help when you're off schedule yeah. your entire first half and you yeah. get the ball five times in the third quarter. They had like six false start penalties. The first play of the game is a snap infraction. Yeah, there was at one point they had two third down conversions that were both called back to the point where they're third and twenty. Sure, they were never in a rhythm. At all. And it's almost like when Sark scripts the first 40 plays, it's like back in the days in school when you'd have a test and the test review was nothing like the test. Like, that's what it was like <laughs> for Sark. And you're like, oh, this is not. Ooh. Because that's I will say, great. yes, to that point, the second half, I thought they came out great. Mm-hmm. I thought the second half they had a much better plan of attack when he had to, like, adjust on the fly, right? When when the plan wasn't going accordingly, and it kind of showed with the way the game ended, right? They and Granted, sure, Washington probably had some – play calling mishaps but like texas was able to capitalize and they were still in position regardless of all of it they were still in position to win at the end but i do agree like i was watching this game and i was like why aren't they just running inside zone because they were gashing so many so many times eight yards a carry it felt like they were getting two carries was a first down it felt like every single time um and yeah like i it, it i don't know it felt like he got away from it at times i thought quit there's a lot of there's a lot of criticism for Quinn Ewers. I thought Quinn Ewers was fine. I really do. I thought he was fine too. I thought he was fine. He did not have his best game. No, I think everybody was looking for a Tuscaloosa part two, which fair, but I think he did enough to win the game. Mm-hmm. Well, really it'd do. be awesome if the receivers were looking that's, when he was throwing the ball. That's the thing. There's like so, seven passes where the guys weren't even looking at. Yeah. Quinn so Ewers. there was the one pass that uh, Xavier Worthy did not even have his head turned at, the, at time, or no, he did, but he was like looking straight when the ball was over his head. Uh-huh. Uh There was the drop from uh, Jaden Blue, 
who was on, I think he was like Quinn put it on the money and he just straight up dropped it in open play. And it was like, okay, Quinn Ewers was like, I'd say a hair probably off in some throws, but the ones that he did make, the guys were just, he wasn't in communication or like Jaden blue who just dropped it. And if that's the case, okay, somebody's off in the passing game, go back to the run. Which credit to Jaden Blue, he did catch that one at the yes. very last drive, so sure. good for him. Yes, no, that was a great that was a great catch from him that set up the, the last play. Mm-hmm. We that need to was ta- beautiful. We need to talk about the final throw. I was about to say. Okay. Shot so, in the end zone. Yeah, so we need okay. to talk about it. What's your take? So so my take is if you told me that they call a fade to A. D. Mitchell, I'm mm-hmm. okay with it. Right? I think that's the guy you go to. I think that's the guy that he made an incredible double clutch touchdown. Yeah, that was, like, so that sick. was insane. Mm-hmm. Like he looked like I've never seen a double clutch <laughs> like that where uh, he like he looks. Uh, I think uh, Reddit Twitter Reddit CFB said he looks like he like double jumped that <laughs> first touchdown pass. I thought Quinn Ewers threw it to the right ten feet and out of bounds. Right, and, and Ad Mitchell caught it. Yeah, so that exactly. was crazy. So if you told me if I hadn't seen the play and you said hey they threw a fade to Ad Mitchell DB made a play I was like. Uh, you know, I'm okay with that, right? Usually I don't like fades, but I do think A.D. Mitchell's that type of guy where you just say, go get it. Looking back on it, he should have threw it at the pylon. Yep. Because the DB was so far back mm-hmm. that he w- the DB was playing for the fade. And that back shoulder A.D. Mitchell was had about three yards on him if they if he just throws it. Not even a back shoulder, just like throws it at him. Like I Just think, lasers it. Yeah, I was about to say, if he rifles that in there – like again, if you haven't seen this, go back and watch. I think for for a jump, I think he probably overthrows it anyway, the lob. But like again, if it's a fade and they're playing for a fade, I get it, sure. But if you look, if you go back and watch, the they start off ten yard. The DB starts like ten yards off him because he knows he has to go to the end zone, and because of that, he ends up in the back of the end zone, and Ad Mitchell has like three, four, five yards clear. And if Quinn just lets it go, maybe a second sooner at him. That's a touchdown. Here's yeah. Quinn Ewer's next progression he yeah. needs to make. Yeah. He oftentimes predetermines mm. not what he's going to do, but the type of ball he's going to throw. So, mm. for instance, he thinks that is a fade route to the end zone. and He yeah. needs to put loft on it, let his guy go make the play yeah. and win the jump ball. In that play, you see the back shoulder fade is open at the pylon. If you drill it in there – he catches that ball. Now, right. part of this was he was getting pressure off his right side from the defensive end like yeah, he was sure. all night. Sure, and Quinn sure. had a lot of great scrambles mm-hmm. uh, that night. So that's part of the reason he lofted it. But you see Michael Penix on the other side lasering balls. Yeah. And I know Quinn's got that arm. Yeah. He can do that if he wants to. We've seen it a select few times. But there are a lot of instances where he is lofting the ball and throwing catchable balls, which is very good. But you need to sometimes just bear down and laser that thing in there. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think both game, both semifinals had the – I tweeted this out – had the like the allure of like the better team won, but like the other team still frustrated that they somehow almost stumbled into that win. Because like Washington – I think like, peop- you know, they were down two scores and all of a sudden Washington – just decided to not – they decided to keep doing what they were doing, which I, in a sense I get, but also like, okay, game state's changed, run the ball. <laughs> well, they decided to run two trick plays right. midway so, through the fourth quarter. Yes, and so uh, I was talking to – I was talking to Greg Powers about this yesterday, and I was like, oh, man, I would have hated for, the, you know, the play to – Washington to lose because their player got hurt. But then he brought up a good point. He's like, if they run the – if they start running the ball two drives earlier, they're kneeling when he's running the ball and getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it's like – and, and, you know, again, it's not his, their fault he got hurt, but it was their fault that they had to run the ball and then he got hurt. Because, like you mentioned, they ran, like, two trick plays. They were trying to, like, go for the jugular, which 
I get, but man, you're con- you're in control. There's no need to go for any of this. Um, so yeah, they go three and out quickly, boom, and then all of a sudden, okay, Texas has the ball back, and all of a sudden, they're Sark is very much doing better. Um, but yeah, it, it, it in the end, Texas still had a chance to 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 win, and obviously, we talked about the last play. Sark did better in the fourth quarter. It was not Sark's best game. No, it, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't from a play calling standpoint. Once again, the red zone woes came back to bite Texas. They ran like seven plays inside Washington's 13-yard line in the mm-hmm. last five minutes of the game and yeah. got three points off of it. I wouldn't say Sark got two in his bag or whatever, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't like the most creative. Yeah. Maybe too shallow in his bag. I was about to say. I think at I, the very end there. That's my thing. Is like, yeah, I think I think this one was definitely won by Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb. I thought they. I thought interesting stat I did see. Uh, Jimbo Fisher still the last play caller to learn I did see title. that yeah which I is an interesting wrinkle um and I think honestly I have to go back and look I was looking back I was just curious I was looking back how far like I don't think Urban Meyer called plays for those Florida no that was Dan Mullen and Steve Adazio so like I want to say like in the last like 20 years Jimbo Fisher is like the, the only, only play one. caller like I know Gus Malzahn played for one but he didn't he did when they won that was it was Gene Chizik as head coach so I, I think he might be the only which again is an interesting wrinkle I'm not saying you can't win with a play caller but that's Which, an interesting wrinkle. Um, speaking of Jimbo Fisher, uh, Robert Barons, of managing editor of Good Bull Hunting, posted uh-huh. a graphic literally five minutes after oh, the I game did, ended. I did see this. He was a he comparison had of Steve Sarkeesian and Jimbo Fisher's first three seasons, oh and it's like the gosh. same record. As and it's <laughs> the same record. Sarks is actually worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sark has a two is seventeen and ten in conference. Jimbo was seventeen and eight. Oh Jimbo's gosh. got two top ten wins versus Sark's got one top ten win. Oh. Jimbo's got three bowl wins versus none. New Year's six wins. Jimbo one. <laughs> Sark zero. You know what? I respect the hate. I, I do. Res- I do I respect too. the pettiness of that because I don't think anybody here is trying to say that, uh, or I don't think anybody here is willing to say that. Oh yeah, I would have taken Jimbo's career over Sark's right now. But I do love that. Just like going off the run, and you the know why yeah. he's doing that. Is because for so many years the Sumlin, the Jimbo Sumlin thing. Jimbo, and so it was like, oh, they're the same coach, and so he definitely had that ready because he yeah. was like, all right, well, here's it back at you. My <laughs> man Robert threw a raw T-bone steak out of a <laughs> bunch of Rottweilers that were yeah. the Texas fans. After oh man, because I even saw that, I was like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I had to well, call myself like, this it's, bait, it's really, bait. Sc- it's, it's really, it's clickbait. <laughs> I was about to say it's really skewed because Sark's first year was it was it was the teardown year basically, but uh-huh. uh, it is very funny regardless. Um, so, I mean, wrapping up on on it, you know, I think that a lot of Texas's issues we ha- we saw throughout the year were exposed in mm-hmm. ways that I think only Oklahoma up to that point had exposed, right? Uh, we saw Dylan Gabriel kind of sit back there against Oklahoma, and he made some plays when he needed to at his feet, but, like, Texas didn't get that much pressure on him. He was able to kind of just dink and dunk and, like, really take part of that sec- – take hold of that secondary. They didn't really need to run the ball that much either. Um and, and and since that game, they hadn't really faced a team that could take care take care of them that much, right? We mentioned um, both Texas Tech and Oklahoma State teams that play into their strength, which is a workhorse running back that plays into that defense. And it's like, okay, cool, we're gonna uh, you're actually gonna make Baron Morton and Alan Bowen beat you, which we saw that win. Those they're not good enough to beat you, right? Um, Washington said, cool, we don't need to run the ball. <laughs> and that just plays into what Texas does on the uh, on and and that's how you play into Texas mm-hmm. defense is running the ball. So I don't know. It's more of a game I look at. Maybe I'm wrong, and Texas fans think they had every right to win this game. But 
I almost just tipped the cap to Michael Penix. It was sure. like that guy was ascendant. Like that guy had one of the most impressive quarterback performances I've seen. And then also Texas, you can't have six false starts and two fumbles mm-hmm. in Washington territory and expect to overcome Penix. Speaking of fumbles, why is Keelan Robinson returning kickoffs in a full arm cast? That was that's bad. There's another like the, the Steve ol- Sarkeesian. What's going on here? The only explanation I can ha- I can I can think of is that he wanted Jadon Blue for the drive, right? And he maybe didn't want to mm. have him out. But then, well, then I, I guess Worthy's out there. I don't know. I regardless. You know I, what's yes, so cool about Texas though is you have like a bunch of world class athletes from this say, state. At this point, surely like, got a guy with two arms that can. I was about to say right at there. this point, at that point, but Jonte Cook back there. I don't care. Literally, like, I was gonna say that. Like if he, if he wanted to save Blue and Worthy for the drive, sure, I get it. But like at that point, or just. Have him fair catch it. Hey, yeah. Worthy, go back there, but don't return it. <laughs> so, yeah, but Keelan Robinson had a cl- – that's why Jadon Blue was returning the kicks in the first And place. doing good. He was too. doing good. But, like, that's why. It's because they had a guy with a cast. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Special teams, I will say. Uh, I texted Mallory about this. Special teams was not on display – not well on display for no. either game. No. Because I texted you uh, Horrible. Tr- fum- uh, trouble with the snap during yep. the Michigan game <laughs> because they had – the reason why Michigan had to go to overtime is because they missed a PAT because they missed messed up the snap. Mm-hmm. And so if they ma- – yeah, Michigan probably wasted five, ten more minutes of their uh, player energy because they needed uh, they needed overtime because they missed a PAT. So. Well, I'll give three reasons for that. One, the layoff, so a month Fair in between yeah, games. Sloppy, yeah. yeah. Two, the jitters. I mean, the special teams guys are not the starters, so mm-hmm. it is a big moment, a lot of younger guys. Uh, three, look who the special teams coordinator is. Is it a coach's son? Oh, yes. Do it we is see? Uh, it is uh, it's something. Yeah, I don't Jay know. Jay Harbaugh? Jay Harbaugh. That's yes. who it is. Mm, Another yeah. J name. <laughs> mm. God, yeah, you're right. It's uh, what were you looking it up yesterday? It's Jay Gruden and Jay Harbaugh. No, 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 no. So but his but parents. So d- you saw the video, yes. right, of uh, the reporter interviewing Jim Harbaugh's parents. First of all. The dad looks identical he, he's just to Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Hart- with he's like just a, with, a, with a filter, with a, ma- <laughs> with a filter, with an old man filter <laughs> yeah. on. And do you know what his parents' names are? So he's got, of course, John Harbaugh. Yeah, it's Jack. Jim Harbaugh. Jack and something else, Jay. What's Jackie. <laughs> Jack and Jackie. Odd, oh, dude. <laughs> so funny. It's it's insane. Oh my yeah, gosh. Which, uh, speaking uh, of like that game and final plays, yeah. What did y'all think about that final game? That final play from Alabama oh. in the overtime. Tough night with the Jalen Milrow. Draws. Yeah, what the heck was that? So I think I w- uh, I think Saban. I don't know if he's mentioned it. So I think I think the snap is what messed that play up. I Granted. feel for Alabama center, man. Oh, I really I feel for him. It's a tough night. I do, too. It was too. a very tough night. He had probably, like, literally double-digit bad snaps in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Miller was having to, like, literally pick up the ball off the, on the ground, like, right. half the snaps. Um, so, yeah, first of all, the snap's not good. I don't think it was supposed to be a draw. I think it was supposed to be to the left. Because if you look at the guard pulls, yeah, and there is, like, it's not a, it's not a lot of time, but there is, like, a millisecond of – if that snap is good, I think the reads to the left and there's enough of a hole to where there's it a, was definitely a, a, it would have been you would have to make a play regardless, but yeah. I think there is like much, m- enough of a lane to where he probably gets to the one or two, maybe if not scores. See, I was seeing it was an RPO swing pass to the running. See, back. that's what I saw too. Yeah, I, I maybe I mean maybe which maybe. either way. Yeah. The snap was not that bad to where Jalen Miller just had to panic, dive into the center's right. play. Sure, I, I think that, yes, I think there's, yes, I think there's blame to go around, but I also think that Milrow was like, well, let me see, because there, there was a free edge rusher on, I think, by, by design. They let the left, the, the left end go, 
because the guard's pulling to the linebacker. So I think if the snap's good, Milrow just bypasses that rusher and then follows the guard maybe for a touchdown. And I think bad snap, corner of the eye, there's somebody coming. Mm -hmm. That left, I can't go left because I'm going to go right into him. And so I think he just, again, I think it was a lot of people messing up there. I didn't like the play call, really. I, I don't like I, play call at all I don't either. like, I Mil don't, Milrow had way too far to yeah. have that type of a play call. You're at the five. What is that, four, whatever? So Yeah, yeah. well, at the two or whatever it was, but you're in shotgun as well, so you're sure. technically at the eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Milro yeah. had a tough night, honestly. Tough, and I mean, He's had a great season, just and, tough night. And Bama's offensive line had a really tough night, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That, that pass protection was horrendous. Probably the worst I've seen from an Alabama team. Well, really, I, I was talking with some friends, and it was like, outside of Michigan's defensive line, both these teams look mid, is what they said. I mean, and I, was, I kind I was, of I agreed with it. I think Michigan's defense is national title worthy. Yes. And I think Michigan agreed. Doing playing to their strengths on offense is a national title team. I don't think they played to their strengths yeah, in you this don't, game. You you don't rely on JJ McCarthy. Yeah, like the first drive, Blake Corum didn't touch the ball. Like first of all, <laughs> mm -hmm. JJ McCarthy almost threw a I mean, he did throw a pick, he but it was out of bounds. Uh but then they just didn't give the ball to Blake Corum at all and they go three and out. And I was like, "Okay, like what's the th And then of course when they start giving the ball to Blake Corum, he ends up scoring and giving them to the title. Yeah. So I think when they play to their strengths, they are a national title team. But, yes, they're not a wall-to-wall, all-these-guys-are-game-breakers type of team like we see in Washington's offense, right, where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you see, like, playmaker, 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 playmaker. Michigan has to play a certain style of game to win. Um, Alabama has to play a certain style of game to win. And, uh, yeah, watching those, I think Georgia, in my opinion, I think Georgia's kicking themselves for letting that SEC title go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so Georgia was like – Watching that Alabama offense for a lot of the game, you're just like, oh, what are we doing here? It's just not up to snuff. I, I don't want to belabor the point on J.J. McCarthy, but yeah. him and Quinn Ewers are both guys I cannot picture in the NFL next year. I can't next picture, year, no. I can't picture Quinn Ewers in the NFL next year. J.J. Yeah. McCarthy, like you put – J.J. McCarthy is a very good game manager, I think, and he's very good for what Michigan wants to do, which is pound the rock, and he will make athletic plays every once in a while. But you put J.J. McCarthy on a sub-500 NFL team, or is that like – is that the difference? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You put J.J. McCarthy out there, and you're a playoff team now? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think I'll so. I'll see. Maybe he'll show me something in the national title. Maybe. Um, one more thing before we get to the rest of the Bulls. Uh, Xavier Worthy declared for the draft. Mm -hmm. um, so me and Carter were having this a little bit of a debate about the draft uh, early, I think – He's going to be obviously one of plenty of players from this team, particularly on offense, that are going to move on. Um, so, do you think? Do you think first rounder? No. No? I don't either. Um, I think that the thing – I was talking to our boss, Adam, about this yesterday too. I think the thing that you saw that – one, I don't think he got that much better from his freshman year. Um, part of it is he never got in a connection with Quinn Ewers probably the way that he probably would have – anybody would have liked, right? Mm -hmm. I think that there was a connection between him and Casey and Hudson Carr that he just didn't have with H Quinn Ewers. Um, but also, I think we – I didn't see enough variety in his game developing to where he'd be this home – I think he could be a home run hitter in the NFL, right? But I think that's – I think he's a boomer bust type of player. So you mentioned it earlier, and I yeah. wanted to – bring it back up while we talk about Xavier Worthy because I didn't want to waste all the bullet points that I had to talk about. Sure. But Washington's wide receivers. Yes. Catches in traffic. 
Adonai Mitchell might go to the NFL. I don't know. He might take one more year. Mm -hmm. He might go to the NFL. He's making jump ball catches. Right. I can't remember the last time Xavier Worthy made this catch in traffic where it's one-on-one. -on -one, he's got to moss somebody. Right. And that's not a knock on Xavier Worthy. He's not a great wide receiver. He's insanely fast. He's a great route runner. Yeah. A lot of times, Quinn just missed him when he was open on a deep ball. You sure. saw in the Washington game where he gets a free release on the outside. He'll catch the ball mm -hmm. if it's near him. But when it's mano a mano, a jump ball situation, Xavier Worthy's not getting that. Yeah. And I think it's smart that he declared right now because he's going to be a second-round or third-round draft pick. Mm -hmm. He's going to run a 4-4, four, four, maybe a four, high 4-3 four, at the NFL Combine. Yeah. The stuff that's holding him back as an NFL prospect is not stuff he can get better at in one more year at sure. Texas. 100%. It's physical. It's yeah. like he's going to weigh 170 pounds soaking wet. Right. Adonai Mitchell might come back because his technique can be polished mm -hmm. or his route running can get better. Xavier Worthy is what he is yeah. at this point. And so I think it's why it's smart he's going. Yeah. I just don't think he's a first rounder. I think no, I think that's right. I think the the comparison for me would be like a a poor man's Devontae Smith type. Mm -hmm. Right. Where it's like you know this guy's not gonna get that much bigger. And granted, the reason why Devontae Smith was a first rounder and a Heisman Trophy winner is because he was able to make some certain plays uh, 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 in traffic. He was able to – you were able to throw screens to him and kind of he can maneuver a little bit. That's where I think Xavier Worthy can play. But I think op opposing a bigger wide receiver on the, on the same team is somewhere he can fit in, I think. So I think he could be a home run threat because you mentioned him on a fly route. He's going to have many – highlights in the nfl i think where he just beats a guy and he's just like wide open you're like oh man how'd that happen because he's mm. so dang fast, fast and so gifted yeah. route running um but yeah physically that's the limitation which is why i think i mean i would i would take ad mitchell over him in the draft i probably would just in terms of how I their think game translates i think it's close don't get me wrong i don't think ad mitchell's like he's actually the best receiver for texas but there, i think there's a reason why texas went to him down the stretch right in, in college xavier worthy was the best receiver Texas had for all three seasons he was there. Yeah. From the moment he stepped on campus as a freshman, yes. he was the best receiver on Texas's roster, and he's one of the most influential recruits because he was the first guy Sark recruited. Mm -hmm. Got him to flip his NLI from Michigan to Texas yep. in that first class of 2021? Uh, or 2020 class? Uh, 2021. In 2021 class because he plays that first 2021 season. Yeah. He finishes with 197 receptions, sixth all-time in school history, 2,755 yards, fourth in school history, and 26 touchdowns, fourth in school history. A great college career. Yeah. Did a lot for Texas. Was a little polarizing, a little polarizing. I think, while he was at Texas. Yeah. But, you know, one of the all-time greats. Yep. Uh, he'll, uh, you mentioned it. Danny Davis will be trying to uh, – Danny Davis mentioned he'll be trying to become the first team um, – Wide receiver um, in the uh, first round. First Texas wide receiver in the first round since Roy Williams and then Johnny Lamb Jones was the one before him uh, back in the 80s. So In 2004 and 1980. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see because, like, again, I don't think he's a first rounder, but he's the type of guy who could have a good combine and all of a sudden is like, oh, he ran a 4-3, right? And it's like mm -hmm. all of a sudden he shoots up and somebody takes him 30th or something like that. So we'll see. Um, it is a very good wide receiver draft, so I think that's also why he's probably capitalizing is trying to get in on that rush. Um, so and yeah. it's also, I mean, he is like he, 170 pounds, but he is like Devontae Smith. In fact, he's not injury prone. He got injured. Right. A, he was shaken up a lot this year, but he's yeah. not made of glass. Right. Like he's a tough guy. Right, exactly. 
Alrighty, so of course we'll be uh, keeping track of all of those uh, NFL declarations coming up. Um, I'm sure you know guys like Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, uh, even Jonathan. I, I think Jonathan Brooks come back, but like even he's technically available to to come. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on that and uh, on TexHobo.com. So, all right, Mallory, we had a lot of other bowl games going on this season. We had quite you, a few. You want to go through and see how. They all went, and how we did. <laughs> Which one do you want to do first? Do you want to you want to talk about them first, or you want to just Carter? I'll let you pick. Let's do the picks first, okay. and then okay. let's go into every game. Okay. All right. Let's get this. Let's rip the bandaid off. Let's get this over with. So, I gave you the option to say whether we did it first or we did it last because I you, my friend, got last place. Oh. <laughs> well, at least I didn't pick the exact same as someone else here. <laughs> he copied me, okay? First he copied all, me. First of all, I don't even want to hear it. First of all, I picked I these before the show. No, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin you with one moment right now. Nuh-uh. I can look at my phone right now. And oh boy! I texted you. Logic. Oh, I texted gosh. you the day of the first responders bowl. And okay, but this was this was out of this was out of hope. No, 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 Not no, no, logic. No. Uh-uh, uh-uh. So I texted you the day of the first mm. responders bowl. And <clears throat> this is quote. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, you can't pull it up. Here we go. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. Uh, hope y'all win. JK. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I'm saying so, this so, was out of. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, this was out of. This was yeah. out of hope, not if logic, Schmail. I, 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 I went on the show. I picked Texas State, I okay? Will, it, l- listen, listen. <laughs> my picks stay through thick and thin. And when it came down to it, Does not be, when, I when didn't it came pick down them, to Texas though. State and Rice, she had a rooting interest. And so I think that's the tie. Mm. I think that's the tiebreaker for me. That's not the tiebreaker. I think that's the tiebreaker. I ju- no, it's not. I just read. I just. I, I mean, we could put the screenshot on the screen. I can like hold it up to the. Cameron. Should we put like a little asterisk in Mallory's no. graphic? No, no, absolutely Texas not. Texas State parentheses flipped in eleventh hour yeah. to Rice. So whatever, oh that's no. not even fair. First of all, I think that's where we should start, is because it was the only interesting game. Okay. Um, and Carter, you it was the only game that more than one of us were at, because <laughs> uh, me and Carter were both there mm-hmm. in very different capacities, uh, very different <laughs> states. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't again. I mentioned this. I think on the podcast, and then definitely before the game when I was talking to some of my friends about it. I don't think – I'm not saying Rice didn't care, but this was not a game that – this was not as important to Rice as it was Texas Rice State. season objective met. Yes. Texas uh, State, this is a playoff game for <laughs> this us. Was yeah, this, was this. <laughs> this was their Super Bowl. This was their Super Bowl. That's how I felt too. And you saw the crowd. It They showed out like it was a Super Bowl. Uh, the most attended game at that stadium uh, all year. Ooh, people were really people bad. were really not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sorry, get more people at your games. I don't know. <laughs> That's, I don't know what I'm trying. I don't know what we're supposed to do, but that we're reporting facts here. <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah. Which, you know it's tough because it's it's like a, a Texas State versus Rice. They're both in-state schools. That shouldn't trump SMU's home games. Sure, you know what I mean. The SMU play. They hosted UNT. Mm-hmm. They hosted two, D, you know, two DFW te- teams yeah. played against each other in that stadium early this year. Good point. I don't so know, that's man. fair to note. Uh, that's fair, fair to note. note. Look, maybe is it different? Will it be different next year when their first ACC game? Maybe. Sure. I hope so. Maybe or maybe not, because the day after it was announced, you went to SMU and there was who was there? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it wasn't a big crowd. Um. All right. So getting off of that though, 
it, it felt like a celebration for Texas State. You wrote about how they drank. Literally, they drank the stadium dry. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 penalties. 11 probably penalties. nine personal fouls. It was a very long game. That sh- God. Well, it, that's a conversation with bull season itself. Oh, yeah. The combination of touchdown commercial, kickoff commercials, the Mike Tyson one-two knockout punch. It's yeah. Just, it's you want to so sap long. any energy out of a stadium? How about 15 thousand sobering up texas state fans i gotta sit through six minutes of commercials with nothing happening yeah, yeah. 18 penalties 11 for texas state seven for rice uh six which turnovers for rice yeah. too oh god yeah there was two pick sixes uh shout out brian holloway who returned to smu uh, after playing there for a couple years um won the game's mvp and yeah like again i took nothing from rice out of this game just because like you mentioned objective met no JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. Like we knew what this, we knew what that meant for them. They just needed to get there. Cool. Then move on. Uh, they got a good win in the recruiting battles with EJ Warner, mm-hmm. who's going to be a, their starter, presumed starter next year. This is all about Texas State, and I think that from this game, you saw I think Ashton Hawkins hit the portal, which what, what I think that's something to mention. Nobody declared for the portal until after this game. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of indicated how important a lot of these players thought this game was for the program. And that's how it sh- – honestly, in my opinion, like, I think that's how it should be. If you c- – I mean, like, you in know, my opinion, if you if – you, I think it's up to these programs, to these coaches, to make these games matter. Right? Ab- because yes, sure, you're it's right. H- it's hard to – yes, I get it. It's hard if you're, if you're Florida State, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to get up and go to play Georgia yeah. after you just – you were just told your regular season didn't matter, right? Right. So I get in those cases, but in yes, in Texas State's case and Rice's case, there weren't a lot. I don't think there were many opt-outs, if any, for Rice. Um, uh, it's up to the coaches to kind of make that game mean something, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I do like that Texas State had yeah. no players opt out um, of the bowl game because it, they knew it meant something. And I think bowl games are what you make, what you are, what you make it. In my opinion, right? right? There's no like, oh, this is actually prestigious. It's like it is if you want it to be, I think, in my opinion. And so, if you can make it prestigious or a meaningful moment, you have a situation where, like Texas State, where nobody opted out and everybody wanted to play for it. Yeah. I think to Mallory's point, the 12 team playoff will probably help this because uh, yes. you Agreed. don't see the group of five teams having a lot of opt-outs ever in their bowl game, unless it's just some transcendent player that's going to be a first round draft pick, and he's right. like, I don't want to play in the Sun Bowl. You do see the Cotton Bowl with Ohio State that guys are sitting out, and you right. do see Florida State, the Orange Bowl. That first bowl game right below the college football playoff, that's not going to be a thing anymore with the 12-team playoff. Right. So I think that will help it a little bit. And then for the rest of the bowls, just lean into Pop-Tart Bowl. Lean into First Responder. Let's Make drink it what you want. Beer. Yeah, say, exactly. Like, like have fun with it. Have like, fun. Uh, we'll talk about the Frisco Bowl in a minute. Like, yeah, sure, dump coffee on Jeff Trailer. Like yeah. it's Frank Harris's. I mean, well, he ended up not playing, but like you cold know, like, coffee. Right, right. Like <laughs> cold, coffee. cold coffee, yeah, cold brew. Um, <laughs> but like at least have fun with it, right? This yeah. one they had fun with it. I didn't realize till I got there. First responders got in free. Like mm. you just walked up, showed your cool. bash, and like just get in for like do stuff like that. Like that's different, right? We mentioned the Pop Tart Bowl. It was Pop Tart won the bowl. No, they season. won. They won bowl season because like yes, they had a giant Pop Tart that, that you could eat. Ate, yeah, they just <laughs> ate from, and then they had a giant toaster that he just popped out from. So it's like yeah, sure, that's awesome. Let's do the, the, the Sun Bowl. Just had d- they dumped Frosted Flakes on Marcus on Marcus Freeman. It's like just do that. Like, yeah, and the the Cheez It Bowl too. Like they had the the Cheez It come out of the box, and then they dumped. Did you see che- the, the video of uh, the big Cheez It like? 
like handing him the box at the <laughs> no yeah who 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 won I forgot who played in that game oh, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee. Iowa yeah, how so, could you forget so sorry, sorry. so it was, so it's Josh Heupel was up there and he's like talking and the cheese and mascots behind him and like <laughs> it, go look it up Mallory you would you would die laughing it's like s- he's like talking on the mic the ESPN who I forgot who it was uh, is interviewing him and you just see like from behind Josh Heupel like a mascot <laughs> hand like with a box of cheese it's like reaching around Josh Heupel and like handing it to the reporter yeah. <laughs> like, like the reporter, like, they don't mention it but it's just like you? and then the reporter like takes the box of cheeses and so it's like the most inconspicuous thing and then the mascot just like behind John like gives a thumbs up and then just like goes back behind him so it's like that I was my favorite bowl. little moments like that again make bowl season yes ma- what it is and have fun with it the pop tart smacking the ref's butt was all I time d- i forgot about that <laughs> see it's great it was great so uh, I think this game was the most fun by far of any of the any of the in-state bowls because mm-hmm. obviously there was some little bit of bragging rights. Again, I'm not saying Rice cared about it the same capacity, but there was some bragging rights here. It was a uh, two in-state teams in in-state stadium. Uh, the atmosphere was great, and the game was fun s- until the clock started to be a very big problem because the first half lasted like two hours. So, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was bad. But, but yeah, for Texas State. Mm. It, Ishmael Mahdi, the other Ish from yeah. Texas State, is staying now. He's so coming back. TJ Finley, we're waiting word. He teased a video on Instagram. We'll see. Um, I don't know if they're correlated, but it seems like if Ishmael comes back, TJ Finley more likely to come back. Yeah. Oh, Malik Hornsby so. enters Malik portal. Well, Malik he or the portal today, right? Yeah. So we'll see. Joey uh, Hobart going to stay probably. Maybe. We're may- maybe. I'm, I'm curious about Joey Hobart because he's an FCS transfer. Um, I don't know if that still counts as he can transfer. I don't know. But regardless um, – Tech State has a lot of guys coming back, but they still have some holes to fill. So, uh, And Rice, of course, like I mentioned, Rice is already hitting the recruiting trail really well. They brought in mm-hmm. a really good recruiting class on signing day. I mentioned EJ Warner. They got their guy for the next year. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was fun for Tech State. They took over downtown Dallas. We had three bars uh, reserved for the post game, which oh is pretty geez. cool. Hell yeah. Uh, me, and, uh, me and our buddy Goof was, were only able to stay at one for a couple hours just because it got that packed, and we are like, all right, let's leave. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun time, uh, Texas State. And then they hired – uh, made the official hire of Barrick Neely today as new running backs coach. So there you go. Uh, things are looking up right now. GJ Kenny said they talked about a sleeping giant. I think that giant's awake. Yeah. And he's thirsty too. Man, he's very, they're very thirsty. <laughs> oh, and then Jonathan Packey as well, defensive coordinator. He has uh, gone to Duke to take over uh, as defensive coordinator there under Manny Diaz. So uh, they'll have one more position, uh, staff position to fill. All right, Mallory, uh, what's next in bowl season? Where do you want to go next? Um,. <laughs> Ooh, there's so many, so many. Let's talk about the one that Carter was at, UTSA yeah. versus Marshall. UTSA wins their first bowl game under Jeff Trailer. First yeah, bowl which game is like ever a, s- a too, sneaky right? storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sneaky yeah. storyline that was sneaking up on them. Was yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they hadn't won a bowl game yet. <laughs> um, and so we get word hours before that Frank Harris is not going to play. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, that takes a lot of luster out of it. And I honestly, when I, heard, yeah. when I saw that, I said out loud, I was like, let ELM cook. I was wrong. <laughs> Let Owen McGowan cook, I guess. <laughs> so the first couple drives, we were like, oh, no. <laughs> UTSA needs Frank Harris to, like, yeah. be good at anything. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, Owen McCown. Owen, we got some stuff here. Owen McCown, first quarter, one for six, one yard, two interceptions. 
<gasps> it was like the let Owen McCown cook. It was like the let Russ cook. It was the first season <laughs> of Denver Broncos. Like, oh, get out of the kitchen! <laughs> Who let this guy cook? <laughs> <laughs> but he did get, and one of those interceptions was not really his fault. It yeah. was a, a bobbled pass. But he, I mean, he threw it a thousand miles an hour, five yards away. So sure, maybe it is sure. a little bit of his fault. Anyway. Yeah. Rebounded very nicely. Yes. And finished out that game very well. I think that this game was a little bit of a hint at what – I mean, it was a little hint at what UTSA is going to be, obviously. Um, I know Josh Stevens had a good game. He's a senior, so he's, he's most – I think he's out of eligibility. Uh, but Devin McEwen was around. Tyler uh, Ogle Kellogg, they're going to be around. Um, Kavorian Barnes, presumably still going to be around as well. And I think they will bring in another quarterback. They're still offering guys in the transfer portal. But, like – Owen McCown, he started the Tennessee game and looked fine. Like, it's Tennessee. They weren't going to beat him in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. He looked fine in that game. Um, and then I thought he looked, he rebounded really well in this game. There's mm-hmm. a reason why. He was a pretty touted – he went to Colorado before Dion went there. He was part of the regime that – he was recruited by the previous regime. I think there's a reason why he was a decently touted quarterback coming out of high school. Well, it's kind of what I think of it as – Okay, UTSA is probably going to bring in a transfer quarterback, but yeah. Owen McCown ensured it's going to be a competition. Sure, going I think into so. that. Yeah. Rice is bringing in EJ Warner, and it's probably going to be EJ Warner. You're starting, like you're yeah. starting. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say AJ. Pa- some of those passes AJ Paget threw were not great. Well, they uh, took him out of the game twice too. Yeah, and AJ Paget. The <laughs> yeah, well, so. then they're like, "Oh, you get back in there." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, EJ Warner is the starter. Um, Owen McCown, barring I think like. I think they offered uh, uh, Pavia from New Mexico State. Oh, which would be I a need Pavia in Texas. Dude, I him, need him. him uh, I think it's down to – I mean, I don't know if it's down to, but UTSA and UNT are both in-state programs that offered him. Be phenomenal for both. Phenomenal for both. I think he'd carve up in that Eric Morris mm-hmm. offense, and I think he'd be another second son in San Antonio. Dude, that o- Hispanic quarterback in San Antonio would be incredible. That October him. stretch we had of Wednesday night, Conference USA after dark, yeah. Diego Pavia was so electric. He was, he so was good. my favorite part of so the So I week. think barring getting him, I agree that th- it will be a competition. Right. I think if they get if they land Pavia, then yeah, sure, you probably slot him in as the starter. But um, Owen McCown, again, very I think very solid. Defense. I thought was really good, especially when you know that, okay, you're not going to have your best defensive player, right? Uh, he's gone to Texas now. But, okay, you are not. You didn't fall off a cliff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And then I believe Rashad Wisdom got hurt in the game as well. Yeah, that was a big storyline was Frank Harris didn't play at all. Rashad Wisdom got injured very early in the yeah. game. So it was basically life after those two. Right. And, like, the defense looks fine. Defense looked fine. The only problem is Cam Alexander was the defensive MVP, and now he's transferring. So that was kind of that like that. That sucks. Yeah, that's true. Um, but also, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Like they got him from Sam mm-hmm. Houston, and the FCS transfer. Now he can transfer again. Good point. Eligibility. Good point. So yeah, um, UTSA. I think those are the two biggest takeaways: is that UTSA looks. It turns out Jeff Trailer can build a team, <laughs> and uh, Texas State. You know, they won their they won their bowl game as well. So um, yeah, those are the ones that I think benefited the most. From bowl season. Well, especially because UTSA, you got to remember, they were one in three coming out of non-conference play. And yeah. right off a of Jeff Trailer quote, there's got to be a better living, easier way to make a living. Right, you know what right, I mean? That right. he had to walk back later where it was tough there yeah. for a minute. Oh, sure, sure. So they had a very good, they won seven straight games by 10 or more points. They dominated yeah. in conference in conference play, which we thought they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Craven was really the only one who hold, held strong and was like, they're gonna be fine. Yeah, I was worrying a little bit. I don't know what your worry level was like. At the first, I mean, the first quarter, I was worried. <laughs> the mm. first quarter. Oh, you mean uh, this season? Just this season. This season, yeah. I mean, yes. I would say the way they lost games like to Houston, and then like not seeing Frank really after that until the conference. Like, yes, I was, I was worried. Um, but yeah, it turns out you know 
Turns out Jeff Trailer can build a build a team. Who knew? Yeah, it's a hell of a, <laughs> yeah, hell of a season. <laughs> Who knew? Um, all right, Mallory, let's go to. See, I didn't. Wa- I mean, let's get SMU out of the way. I didn't really watch this game. Let's I go. Let's do. Let's do Texas Tech first. Texas okay. Tech right. beats Cal thirty-four to fourteen. I also think that you can argue that Texas Tech really benefited from this game as well because sure. I think, especially on the offensive side, they looked pretty two-dimensional, which is something that you can't say that they've looked like in every single game. You know, That's a good like point. Baron Morton threw to. Th- Threw three touchdown passes to three different wide receivers. Yeah. You know, and Taj Brooks, of course, had a touchdown as well. But I think that that's something that you can take away from this game is that, yeah, like, Tech got that offense going, and that's yeah. what we wanted to see from them. And Cal's Cal, they really did a good job on Cal uh, defensively. Yeah, uh, Jaden Knott was really held in check. I believe they had three turnovers, uh, three forced, three interceptions from uh, Mendoza. Um yeah, and of course, like Tech got the big, the good news of Taj Brooks coming back. They threw a, you know, a, the UI, the UIL, the NIL uh, contribution really mm-hmm. helped him secure that. So like, okay, cool. Now you got your, you got your go-to guy on offense. You hopefully get another more healthy year of Baron Morton. He he does need to stay healthy. Yes. That, the first yeah. two years, I well, your offensive need, line well, is very porous. Your offensive line is very need, porous. I was about to say they need to. I think build around him better on the offensive line. Which they got Ellis Davis coming in and Jacob Ponton, so yes. I don't know if they're going to start right away, but hopefully make some moves in the transfer portal. Yep. Baron Morton, like Mallory said, has that game where let's start building the hype yes. around the offseason. Three right. touchdown passes, three for 259. Let's get that offensive line. <laughs> Just need <laughs> the offensive line, because at some point it's like the best availability, the best ability is, is availability. availability. Yeah. Right. And Baron Morton has not showed that yet. A lot of that's because the offensive line has been porous. Mm-hmm. So next year is a big prove-it year for him. So I think also what will help or what will be a big indication is – so they basically cleared out their wide receiver room. I wanted yeah. to talk about this too. So obviously the big headline is Micah Hudson coming in. Presumably the you know it will be the one or two there at wide receiver. Uh, Koi Aiken developed into a really reliable player for them. Brady Boyd's going to be one of the, in the rotation as well. I believe they also added, let me see if I got this right, Josh Kelly uh, from Wazoo. He had 900 yards last season at yes. Wazoo. And then Caleb, uh, Douglas, from Caleb Douglas from Florida. So they're re- so Jared Bradley gone. Jared Bradley gone. Uh, Miles Price. Price gone. And, and Jared Bradley went to Boston College and Miles Price went to Indiana. Yes. Which shows that potentially Pot- they're upgrading. Potentially. I was about to say, potenti- I think Miles Price at Indiana is a good pick for him. The Bradley one at Boston College is a little underwhelming mm-hmm. for me. Um, but yes, it could show that maybe they thought they could do better. Maybe. Well, it's 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 like if they had gone to SEC schools, well, then like, it's they well, decided say, like, to leave because of Kitley's offense. Well, I was about to say like if this was a situation of a Jamori Macklin, right, where he yes. gets all he leaves and all of a sudden Kentucky, Texas, blah, blah, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's weird. Like, man, yeah. you know, they missed on him there, right? But it's like, no, no, he's going. They, you know. Macklin was upgrading, right? If 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 Bradley was going to the portal and you were like Alabama, M- Missouri, mm-hmm. you're like you're like, oh, what's happening here? Did Tech just miss? And it's like no, I'm not saying he didn't have better offers. Maybe he just there was something in Boston College. I don't know, but he didn't go to a better program, right? He went to a program that was a little bit of a downgrade, um, if not lateral, if not lateral. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think it could have been maybe a mutual parting. Maybe it was a, hey, I don't fit this offense. Let me try somewhere else. And maybe it was Tech not necessarily trying a lot to keep him, right? Because they maybe could have done better. Um, I do think that the one that surprised me a little bit was Miles Price because I thought Miles Price was type the guy that would is built for that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loic Fungi is another one that left as well. And I think that Loic, the Loic Fungi and Jaron Bradley's 
aren't built necessarily for this type of offense, in my opinion. I don't think Kitley likes big receivers. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think he's more of a let me get a bunch of five seven to five eleven guys to just run you down the whole mm-hmm. all over the field. And so, well, hopefully Kitley's got his guys because next year. It's a big year for him next Huge year. year. For him it's him in particular because they have the guy that people thought you should have given the ball more to and sometimes in Taj Brooks. And they have a plethora of new receivers, including the best receiving recruit that they landed since Michael Crabtree. So, yeah, it is a massive year for him. But like Mallory mentioned, good hint towards the future, mm-hmm. I would say, this game. You want to hear a funny stat I got from Gambling Gauchos? What you got? Running back Cameron Valdez passed Tyler Shuck in the bowl game for most rushing attempts on the season. For second most rushing attempts on the Jesus. season. Yeah. Tyler yeah. Shuck, who'd been out since September. I was about to say, you remember when they just randomly decided to run Tyler Shuck a ton? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, forgot, I forgot about that. When he was in the game, you were like, why is he their leading rusher right now? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it is, it's a big year for, for Zach Kidley. All right, Mallory, what's next? We can do SMU. All right, yeah. I, I, listen. I was at Top Golf hitting piss missiles with my family <laughs> when this game was going on, so I didn't watch much of it. I was, uh, I was on the stair stepper at the YMCA, and I just happened to turn it on. So I'm just imagining <laughs> the, the meme of, of uh, <laughs> Carter thinking, he's like, I'm, I'm Tiger Woods in 2008. I was like, I'm, I'm three beers deep at Top Golf yeah. hitting piss missiles. I tied my 15-year-old female cousin for second place. <laughs> Look, this game was at like 9 a.m. on a Wednesday. When was this yeah, Thursday? At yeah. Fenway. By the way. At te- it, yeah, at Wednesday morning. Yeah. By the way, stop playing games in baseball stadiums. It looks weird. Um, it was cold. It was rainy. Two. Yeah, there was like 11 people there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the stadium? Yeah. Sean McFar- Shout out Sean from the DMN. He was there uh, covering it for, for them, covering SMU. And he took a shot at the, the field. And I'm like, I've never seen Fenway. <laughs> that like, y- y- you know, you, ha- you know how uninterested you have to be to see Fenway that empty mm-hmm. like the Red Sox literally fudge their sellout numbers <laughs> and they still have a good crowd but like they were just like yeah now we're good which that's on Boston College I'm no, not putting SMU no, on no, that no no, no. yeah I'm saying you're not yeah if you're an SMU fan you're not flying to Boston for a 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kickoff it's on Boston College but it's also on I'm sorry stop hosting it in baseball stadiums it's an east coast game it's wet sloppy mm-hmm. it's cold like why would you know if you're gonna have a bowl in the east coast don't make it that far north during the winter. Like it's not you're asking for bad weather at that point. Uh, move it a little bit. Of, I I don't know. I don't think many bulls should be like above Tennessee. It was like, like they <laughs> didn't want anyone to come. Right. Like, we're gonna schedule it in the coldest, rainiest part of Massachusetts yeah. in the Northeast, and also make it at 10 a.m. on a work day. Yeah. I mean <laughs> the pin the pinstripe <laughs> yeah. bulls another one. Like I think Ru- I, granted shout out Rutgers. Uh, but Rutgers Miami. It's like it's weird. Stop playing these in baseball stadiums. Shout out Rutgers. They won. Shout out Rutgers though. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't really watch much. SMU is a sloppy game. They lost to Boston College, which, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to take anything from too much from bowl games, um, especially when they did their thing. They they won the AAC, AAC, and I don't know. It was very much like Rice and Mission Accomplished. Yeah, it was like they won the AAC. They didn't get in, which they okay. probably should have got into the bowl to the New Year Six because Liberty got their pants Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad too. Oregon, okay, but I'll say give credit to Oregon. They were like, "We're getting up for this bowl game just to kick Liberty." Yeah, ass. I know. <laughs> like, okay. Well, that's a classic Bo Nix. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a like classic. I know. Sir. Which shout out to uh, Austin Ovsad. He got into that game a little yeah, bit there towards the he end. Did. I completely forgot that he transferred to Oregon. I was like, "Oh yeah, I know that He's, name." Uh, he didn't. Tra- he committed. He Co- flipped. Flipped his. Commitment. Oh, he flipped. That's right. He flipped. Yeah, he, he didn't. Re- he yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even play at Baylor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh, anyway, I was gonna say back to the. I honestly think that it. Probably would have looked pretty good for SMU to win this game, though, because it I mean, cof- 
future conference opponent here. Sure. All of the rumblings that happened around the a ACC and yeah. stuff um, right after the bowl game happened. But I honestly think that this probably would have looked good on us it if they could have good. pulled off this win. Also, they got so. shut out in the second half. Like, they were up by two scores, I think, in the first half, and yeah. then they were sh completely shut out. I think it does raise a little bit of concern for if the offense isn't clicking. Because we've mentioned that all year, where it's like the offense has been on track. They haven't had to really overexert themselves because of how good the defense has been. And I think that shined most in the AAC title game when they didn't really – they got – you know, Kevin Jennings started off rough against Tulane, but then the defense kind of helped, and he – you know, they kind of turned it around. But, yeah, I, I agree. Like, we've seen a couple stumblings when Preston Stone's not – and, again, presumably he's healthy and he makes it through and it's ideal for them all year. But – I do think there's something – I mean, that's two years now. He didn't finish the year, right? Mm -hmm. Two seasons now. So if it needs to – if if need be, yeah, sure. What is the – what's the audible for this offense without their best quarterback? I mean, right. I'm not saying you need to be a good offense without your preferred starting quarterback, but, like, yeah, do they start running the ball more? And I don't know. Like, the run game was pretty good this year. They need a, they need a wide receiver to step up. And I think that they tried to address that with Ashton Cozart, who's yeah. coming yep. in from, from Oregon. Yeah. So th I think they need maybe one more pickup. I don't know who that pickup is, but I do think they're trying to address a lot of their concerns. Uh, they brought in Amari, Amari Abor from Ohio yep. State, uh, Savion Bird on the offensive line. They're bringing in they're, – let's put it this way. Rhett's not resting when it comes to the transfer portal. He's no. Like, we're going and getting this guy. We're going and getting this guy. So I'm very fascinated to see. I think Cozart is their bet if – it didn't work out at Oregon. Maybe he could be a home run threat at SMU. I do agree with Mallory, though, and it would have been nice to win this game because yes. ACC has not been very nice to SMU so far. No, and that's Everything what I'm saying. Everything that comes I out, that court filing that came exactly out, exactly what I'm talking about on SMU. Yeah, and it doesn't. You don't help yourself <laughs> by losing to Boston College in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. help. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I completely forgot about that Florida State lawsuit SMU's just like what yeah <laughs> what are we sitting there like what do we do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so mean so, oh uh, yes the 50 cent what do you say that's me for it's like well, i just got here i didn't i when i did tweet about oh the first responders bull set the attendance record for the season in smu yeah. stadium some guy responded it and was like fsu has updated their court brief to include this tweet <laughs> funny <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious oh, <laughs> all right valerie uh we're wrapping up soon so i think we have a couple more yep we more just have one more and it's uh, another mm, how much can you take away from it texas a&m losing yeah. to oklahoma state i mean i don't look, know how many players texas a&m had on scholarship say, but they had probably nobody the, so the bowl game you could take the least exactly from entire season exactly um Elijah Robinson was basically rolling out like walk-ons. Um, yeah, Jalen I mean, Henderson gets hurt on the first play of the game, yeah. basically. No, like first drive of the game. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was exactly the first play. Um, it was the first play. Was it the first play? It was the first play. So he play. completed I had the pass, because I saw he had a completed pass. So he did, did he complete the pass. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, that was bad. That <laughs> backup was fun for a minute, <laughs> I was though. about to say, uh, yeah. so here's the thing. Here's what I got to worry. I, I got a question about. We've now seen two quarterbacks who are more fun than Will Johnson. Max Johnson. I combined Will. I was thinking of Will Howard for some reason. Doesn't but matter. <laughs> Will, Max, yeah. Mark. Ma <laughs> so, All basic I'm names. Sorry. We've now seen two quarterbacks who can make more things happen than Max Johnson. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying Marcel Reed's a game breaker, but I'm saying Jalen Henderson looked really good for a while, and Max Marcel Reed, in you know, didn't expect to get in the game. It looked pretty good. All I'm saying is, was Max Johnson the best we could do, or was that just what Jimbo wanted to work with? 
it's kind of like Marcel Reed's like an old Mustang. It's like when it's working, it's fun. Yeah. It, sometimes it's gonna break down and it's gonna get it's gonna get whack. Sure, hundred percent. Max Johnson's like the Corolla. Yeah. You know, just dependable. You know what you're getting. Sure. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Anm again. We'll, there's not much to take from this game. Uh, the one thing I did like was that uh, Moose Muhammad's just playing again. Like Jimbo Fisher just like decided to not play him, and then uh, Elijah Robinson comes in. And he's like, not only can you wear sleeves again. <laughs> but you're going to actually yeah. play. And it was like, oh, yeah, this guy's an awesome receiver. Why wasn't he just playing? A lot of weird things happen. Um, also, yeah. uh, Dalton Brooks picked off yes. uh, Alan Bowman I at one point. That. Shout out Shiner, Texas. I did see that. <laughs> yeah, Dalton Brooks getting on the field. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Owens uh, uh, ending the year kind of, uh, I don't know. He was he was kind of okay this year for me. Um, but A&M, again, not much to say. Oklahoma State. I guess yeah. good, good rebound. Uh, good, good rebound. Yeah. Saying, it'll be interesting seeing next year Alan Bowman's second year in the system, what he can do. <sighs> I can't year. believe he's trying to come back. Stop. Yeah. I, I can't, I I can't he, believe I it. <laughs> I'm I shocked. I, How? <laughs> I don't know. I really, he's got I, the, he's got it's a medical. Somewhere. Yeah. It's a medical thing, which blows my mind. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's going to be like 26. <laughs> playing quarterback. So I, I, I'm very annoyed. Uh, so cerebral. I think McLean Blacksley from 247 tweeted that. I was like, yes, Alan Bowman is trying to come. I was like, stop. <laughs> Why, <laughs> though? Stop, <laughs> please. They got, we got more pro. We got the XFL, the UFL, CFL. Go make money playing somewhere. Please, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. And <laughs> I mean, they're, they've been paying attention to the offseason basically since Jimbo was fired. So yeah. Elijah Robinson's last game on their sideline. He's now at Syracuse as their defensive coordinator. Um, and a and made, I believe, the, the Jay Bateman and the uh, uh, Colin Klein hires official. By the way, did you see their wide receiving coach hire? Yeah, I did Holman see Holman Wiggins yeah. from Alabama. That is a oh. dynamite hire mm-hmm. for, for Mike Elko. Um, there we go. Yeah, that is the type of hire that I, I want to make. Colin Klein and Holman Wiggins, I like it. Jay Bateman as defensive coordinator is not bad either. Sean Spencer from Florida, I think that's a good staff, man. Yeah. That's a really good staff. I'm very interested to see what happens there. Uh, granted, it came, you lose some, you win some, you lose some. Evan Stewart in the portal. We'll see. They can win him back. I'm not saying, you know, that's not a guarantee that he's leaving, but. Well, he had some with that, high- that was. Oh, he had the, about the, the medical staff yeah. or whatever. Which, again. Yeah. That could mean anything. Uh, I think it, I think that puts it on Mike Elko to see what the problems were and mm-hmm. fixing them. And then if they have a chance of bringing him back, bring him back. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't see it as doom and gloom as a lot. I was like, oh, everybody's leaving A and M. It's like this happens. This happens with every program mm-hmm. who, who loses coaches, who coaches move on. Like we'll see. Prioritize getting Terry Bussey to sign the dotted line. Oh, they need uh, that. They, they need, need Terry Bussey to sign the dotted line. They need to probably repair the defensive line right via the portal. And I'm, I'm kind of okay with, like, again, you'd want to bring Evan Stewart back, but I presume they're operating with the possibility that he's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay, then go sign some players and go play ball. Like, you move on, right, is my is my thing. It's like you have to find a way to turn the next chapter with Mike Elko. And, sure, you're, you weren't winning the national title next year anyway, so go in and install your staff. And they have the guy in Connor Wigman. They, ha- they have the running back in Ruben Owens. Go forward. Move on. Mo- fix the offensive line, right? That's the other thing, yeah, right? Yeah, time. Like, whether that was a development issue or a personnel issue, we'll see. I don't know. But I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom just because this thing's, This is the thing that happens when a coach leaves and mm-hmm. you lose some assistance. So, um, yeah, I mean, a and I don't think they paid much attention to this bowl game anyway, uh, besides Marcel Reed, who was fun to watch. <laughs> Which is also uh, very honorable that Elijah Robinson stayed on to coach his game. But do you sure. think Syracuse is like, really? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah, buddy, you're honorable. That's great. Get over here, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't need we don't need you. We don't need you to waste all this energy." Um, yeah, I know. Syracuse is like, "Come on now, come on, buddy." <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'll do it for us. Oh, shout out to DJ Lagway, by the way, who was at this game, who received his Mr. Texas football. There we go. So yeah. He, he was, was. At this game. This was the that's Texas right. Game, so oh, that's awesome. He was probably like, oh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going here. This <laughs> 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 like, yeah. is why I'm not going uh. here. Um, but uh, anyway, so that'll do it for us. Uh, that'll officially wrap up the 2023 season for us. Uh, we'll, we'll be back on a uh, once a week schedule. Um, you know, we may, it's off season, it's kind of early off season too. So, like, we may even skip some weeks. We'll see. Uh, no. No. Listen, look. I'm week in, week out. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're actually we're actually upping each episode <laughs> we're a week. Three times yeah, week we're going three times a week now. <laughs> anyway, so no, well, regardless, Sunday recap obviously none none until next season. Uh, stay tuned on Wednesdays if there will be a change anytime. We'll obviously update you on the show and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that during the off season, skip things get scheduled, things like that. People will be out of town certain times. So if those happen, then we'll let you know. Uh, but regardless, Tuesday, uh, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. I almost said Tuesday because the week's gotten me on, mm-hmm. too. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. <laughs> right here, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Are we on Facebook? Yes. Yeah, we are on Facebook. Of course. I don't, I don't pay attention to Facebook, by the way. I'm sorry. Um, you don't pay attention to anything that I do. That's you don't fair. support me. That's fair. You picked Bryce over Texas State. <laughs> <I did>. um, <laughs> go Rutgers. Please, uh, go Rutgers. <laughs> and Mike Elko will be working on the interview, sir, because we – have some new coaches to talk to in this in this new, uh, I guess, uh, Willie Fritz as well. So hopefully we can get all the coaches oh yeah. back on. So we Seriously. got some new coaches. So go Rutgers. They won the pinstripe bowl over Miami. Uh, promo code DCTF, home field right there. And we will talk to you guys next week.